the FT. Mexico's most famous fugitive may have tunnelled out of a high-security jail, but it's the country's president who now finds himself in a hole. That was Enrique Peña Nieto pledging to take coordinated action with the security services to recapture the notorious drugs lord Joaquin Guzman, who escaped for the second time from a high-security Mexican prison at the weekend. I'm Fiona Simon, and on the line with me is Jude Weber, our correspondent in Mexico City, to explain why the escape represents such a blow to the Mexican president. Hi, Jude. First, tell us how Mr. Guzman made his escape. It was about 10 to 9 on Saturday evening. At about 8 o'clock, he was given usual medication. So he, they knew he was in his cell at 8 o'clock. And at around 10 to 9, they saw him go into the shower area of his cell. And then the guards noticed they hadn't seen him on security cameras for a while. They went into his cell and found nobody in it. And they found a small hole by the shower, which led with a ladder about 10 meters down to this mile-long tunnel. And that tunnel led to a house that was being built on a, you know, in the outskirts of, of town, that's sort of a mile away. And apparently there was a converted motorbike running on rails that security officials here say was used to move some of the earth to build the tunnel and to move tools as well. So he might have used that as well. But, you know, it was, it was just through a tunnel. It seems extraordinarily elaborate, doesn't it? How was it possible? And do we know who helped him? We don't know who helped him, but we do know that um, he has enormous expertise in tunnels. He was credited with pioneering the use of tunnels under the U.S. border to shift drugs. And he has a good architect who may well have been involved in this one. The point is he must have had official help in some form because it's impossible to believe that a mile-long tunnel could have been built without anybody hearing or noticing anything. And they must have had access to the plans of the prison to know exactly which part of the of the prison his cell was in and exactly where it needed to arrive to be in the right place of his cell and that would be in the blind spot of the camera. So everything suggests that he had some kind of inside help, but we just don't know who yet. The authorities have detained 31 people including the director of the prison, and they're questioning them. But, you know, we don't have any more leads on that yet. And what has the president himself said about this spectacular security failure? Well, he's on a trip to Paris, a state visit to Paris, and the government has said it won't be cancelling the trip. Mexican foreign policy can't be disturbed by a criminal, no matter how notorious. And he has said that, first of all, he made a speech yesterday, a brief comment when he arrived in Paris. He talked about the jailbreak, but he didn't use Joaquin Guzman's name. He referred to him as this delinquent. He said that it is an affront to Mexican society. He said that he's extremely disturbed by it, and it's uh, it's very regrettable. He has said that he's ordered full investigation. The interior minister is overseeing this. He's dispatched the attorney general to look into whether there was any help from any public official. He's obviously concerned and he's obviously embarrassed, but he's got no answers yet. And what does the incident say about his much-vaunted strategy of tackling corruption? Well, not a lot, really. I mean, I suppose, in fairness, the anti-corruption system is still being set up in the sense that the law was only promulgated a few months ago and there's still a lot of work to be done. But he needs to put the rule of law at the top of his priorities. And this only underscores that need that, you know, whilst this kind of spectacular jailbreak can happen, 
The other reforms that he's carrying out, the structural reforms, above all perhaps the energy reform, which will bring investment flowing into Mexico, it just underscores the fact that you can't really expect the structural reforms to be fully effective if the rule of law in Mexico doesn't work. So I think it's obviously a wake-up call for him. I mean, a very big one. How popular is he these days and how much progress has he actually made with his structural reforms? In terms of popularity, last year he had the awful distinction of being the least loved Mexican president in 20 years. He just had a good showing in midterm elections in June. His party did better than the other two main parties, you know, which was seen as quite a significant victory for him, given that he's been going through such a difficult time with a, a string of scandals and he's been personally unpopular. He has made progress on the structural reforms. His reform agenda was very wide. He's pushed through more than a dozen structural reforms on things like opening up the energy sector, which has been closed for nearly 80 years to private investment. It's been under what was a monopoly, but that's now changing. We've got the first oil auctions on Wednesday, when for the first time there'll be a competitive tender process for private investors and foreign investors to come and explore in Mexico. That's never happened before. The education reform is moving ahead, although there are very big problems in the shape of a rebel teachers' union, which is preventing the application of the reform in states. There's been a financial reform, a banking reform, a telecoms reform, which is pushing ahead and bringing down telecoms prices and increasing competition. So he is making progress, but there's you know a tremendous amount of work left to do. And finally, what are his relations like with the US and will this incident affect these ties? Mr. Pinonito had a bilateral meeting with Barack Obama in January, and there were some very eloquent photographs published at the time of both leaders sitting side by side and looking like there was a complete absence of chemistry between them. Obviously, Mexico has a very strong trade relationship with the U.S., 80% of Mexico's exports go to the United States. The problem here in the Guzman case is that the United States wanted to extradite Joaquin Guzman to face charges in the United States. And Mexico has had what some analysts are calling a kind of a, a security nationalism approach, which is he must, first of all, serve out his sentence or do his time in Mexico, and that will take 300 to 400 years, is what the former Attorney General said. And only then can he be extradited to America. Well, now what analysts are saying is that the President is paying the price for this kind of nationalistic approach, that had they extradited him to the U.S., it would have been a problem out of his hands, and he wouldn't have been able to escape from a U.S. prison. I think U.S. law enforcement agents are probably very frustrated at what's happening. Mexico is... In the recapture of Joaquin Guzman in February 2014, the Mexicans led the operation, but they relied heavily on U.S. intelligence. And that's what they're doing again this time as they try to find him again. They're actually leading the efforts on the ground, but they're using U.S. intelligence. So it must be very frustrating, I think, for the U.S. And I think it's obviously going to strain relations between the two countries. For more downloads, go to ft.com forward slash podcasts. 
Here at Bellingcat, we get to the bottom of things. From a global crisis to an underreported event, we find the facts using publicly available tools and resources, uncovering what is hidden on and below the surface. We connect the dots using social media posts, satellite images, and public records, and empower others to do the same by sharing how we do it. The ability to do so is only made possible by our readers, supporters, and community members. Care to join us? Learn how at bellincat.com.